0: I'm Chris Barker and I'm Will Betts and you're listening to the Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast brought to you in partnership with Evo by Audient. In this podcast we speak to musicians, producers, engineers and DJs about their fantasy forever studio. Our guests will imagine their ultimate make-believe studio space and that space will be somewhere they must live forever. But to keep things interesting we have some deliberately frustrating rules the rules okay every guest on the show will select a computer a DAW and an audio interface we let
1: everybody choose those first items then our guests will only be allowed to select six other bits of studio gear plus one non-gear related luxury item but Chris yes (laughs) yes exactly
0: choosing something sold as a package of separate software or hardware as a single item is not allowed Today, we have one of the nicest guys in dance music, and possibly one of the most talented too. His original alias as Dave Spoon racked up club hits, chart crossovers and more. Then, he rebranded completely as the underground sensation that is Shadowchild. Yes, and I know for a fact he's into his studio gear, so he's in for some difficult decisions I think, well. Indeed. Well, let's upsell some dreams and ban the bundles.
2: Okay then, this is my Forever Studio with Shadowchild. Welcome. Welcome. Hi. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm 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 scared but happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: the balance we want to go for. Scared but happy. Yeah. Like a, like a dictator. Uh, <laughs> so, you sort of heard the rules there. I mean, we'll we'll get into the bits and bobs of gear in a few seconds, but let's talk about for for people that don't know you like a little bit of bit of uh behind the scenes so um you were doing stuff before but you kind of rose to fame in dance music and in the music industry as, as dave spoon um tell us a bit about those times and how that sort of began that alias because i remember interviewing you at those times and it kind of you know you blew up pretty fast i would say i probably didn't feel it to you though maybe
2: yeah well no it did it, it did but only really in in hindsight well i think when you're in the moment you kind of just go in with it you know and um it's only when you get to to kind of stop and take a little look back that you realise the pace in which things can happen. It doesn't happen like that for everyone, I don't think, but definitely it did, did for me. I mean, I was making music for years since I was at secondary school, um, sampling old rave tapes and playing with synthesizers that we were lucky enough to have in my school. But it wasn't really anything... Although I always wanted to make my own music and release it, it wasn't really... Something that um was easy to do uh, as far as networking goes, so well, I grew up on the south coast. There was a lot of club nights and a lot of promoters that kind of uh you know kind of bitching over each other and um <laughs> and all that kind of stuff that's what i grew up around and i thought yeah this isn't really like for me you know i just want to play make music and play music for for people so being around that i mean all those people are friends of mine they probably know who they are if they listen to this but that that whole <laughs> thing wasn't for me it was only when i kind of met someone in the industry that i realized actually that, that there's something here for me probably and i could probably send my music to them and see what happened and then yeah that was that was a label called Tool room they were in their infancy i I think i was i was their eighth release at the time and um yeah literally within two weeks my music was on um mark knight's essential mix in the first 15 minutes were two tracks from my debut dave spoon ep and um as they always say that the rest is sort of history but yeah it, it was the whole spoon thing was a massive whirlwind um you know huge amount of success radio one residency um all sorts of big stuff you know you mentioned you, you worked earlier with tiny
1: temp here tiny temple was it do you work with
2: uh no that was that was late with shadow child he was on a track with katie b maybe we'll come on to that in a bit but yeah, yeah. no i mean i mean th- the thing is i've kind of been e- known equally as as a remixer as a, than just writing my own originals as well so a lot of the remixes especially back then spoon day so dizzy rascal was like one of the biggest mm-hmm. um and that was that went on to be the title music for lee nelson's show on bbc bbc one and and like all sorts of stuff like that just the maddest underground things the maddest kind of more overground things have, have always happened to me i'm extremely grateful
1: because it kind of it, i remember at the time i mean obviously correct me if i'm wrong we're going back a little bit but the dave spoon thing sort of got away from you a bit in terms of like what it represented musically and what you were getting interested in right and that's kind of how this this shadow child alias was born among among some other ideas yeah
2: yeah that's fair to say i think because i you know i would be on the circuit with people like getter um, the Swedish House Mafia before they were known or just before they were known as the Swedish House Mafia. So individually, you know, Seb, Steve Angelo and Maxwell. we'd, we'd all talk together. Uh, there's a few other names in the pot too, obviously. But I was on that circuit doing that thing and they, the sound that I was the the sound of the time the sound i was kind of attached to i guess was this electro house sound which I, to me it's just house music and it takes many different paths sometimes but but to the outside world it was this electro house thing which very quickly became the what we consider the edm explosion in america so you know huge stadium filling shows with pyrotechnics and people standing up and throwing cakes and all this and i'm just like do you know what this is a million miles from who i am and what my roots are which is in uk underground music you know rave uh jungle and 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 house obviously um this just isn't what i'm about yes it's probably a really lovely payday but actually i'd be standing there being an actor because that's just not what i'm about i'm a music guy do you know what i mean so so yeah that's yeah. why i remember being at queenfields playing in steve angelo's um arena to probably fifteen, twenty thousand people it was crazy and i i just didn't want to play the guys on before me were kind of hammering this new sound and i was just like this just isn't me there's no dynamic really in the music or the dj set itself and not to knock them, you know, they, they're they all great guys and they, they're amazing what they do, but you have to look after yourself. Music does have to be slightly self-indulgent at times and you do have to do what's right for yourself. So yeah, I, I hit the reset button.
1: And why the reset button though? Because I would speculate that sort of Fedor Grand was in a similar position and he kind of pulled back away from it and did a, s- not similar musically as you, but did a similar move away from that kind of stadium sound a little bit and managed to keep just his name or or his alias you know yeah Um, did you feel like you needed a complete fresh start
2: yeah i needed total detachment from it i needed to remove some boundaries creatively and from the outside looking in and the whole expectancy of what someone like me should be doing you know musically because that's kind of how it rolls um i needed to remove that i mean a lot of it's funny again in hindsight i mentioned that that word again because in the moment i was just nothing more natural to me than to do what i did you know, I just really fell out of love with the sound. Um, what I wanted to do was find almost the antidote to that, the opposite, which was dirty little basements in East London. You know, with 200 people in and a sound system that's too big for the room. You know, uh, you know, and and go and play what you know the music that was that was being played there. And that's where the Shadow Child thing really came from. It was inspired by the the, the kind of um, the antidote to the EDM thing that was going on and, and dubstep two, which was huge at the time um from knee nice obviously um was going more it had an edm sound to dubstep as well you know, the early dubstep i loved you know code nine and early scream benga obviously and all those guys yeah. it was amazing but mm. it got to that point even that sound where it had to be so polished so perfect all the same kind of uh sounds in every track and it just it's not what I'm about. That's all. It's fine that that's what people are into, but it's just it's just not for me.
1: Yeah, it serves a particular purpose, doesn't it? Like say, if you've got 8,000 mm. people in a stadium in America or whatever, and you know,
2: yeah, you can't knock it. Right, you you either in or or you're not. And for me, it yeah, was just like faking I, it. my my music because I did try and make music like that. I, I'm not going to deny it. Sort of 2010, uh, nine ten, I was trying to make music like that, and it just sounded like all these terrible demos we were getting sent for the label at the time <laughs> and I was like okay <laughs> this is time to to step back I'm sorry if you were one of those people who sent us demos back then but it's just that's how far removed from from it but at the same time you're a business you have a profile it's a bit of a machine and you need to kind of blend in somehow with what's going on whilst trying to maintain a level of integrity and, and character and I just found at that time I couldn't do that anymore
1: yeah I guess trying to chase the new thing, if it wasn't your thing, is kind of, yeah. I think a lot of people, dance music generally it eats people up, that that kind of thing where yeah, they either try and chase what's big to get there or they stay with their own sound and hope it comes back round again.
2: I haven't met many people that haven't been through this or something very similar. Perhaps yeah. they don't go and do the kind of drastic name change. I mean, I didn't even pretend that, it wasn't me it wasn't some big secret i just wanted people to love the music the new shadow child music first before Mm. people realized it was it was me that's all and and luckily that's exactly what happened you gotta let the music talk you know
1: yeah totally well let's start off the podcast a little bit and i'm sure other stuff will come up along the way so you heard the format there. We're basically building your Dream Forever studio, but we've got some rules. You're only allowed six bits of kit after these first three free items. We just guess that everybody needs these uh, few three things. We need a computer, a DAW, and an audio interface. So let's run us through those things. Like, what are you are going to choose computer-wise? I mean, you've, you've been through the old school, haven't you? Like Ataris and stuff, but... Yeah, well, that's... I guess you're on
2: Mac now, like everybody else. Yeah, that's how I first learned when I was a kid. You know, my school had an Atari ST and Notator, and I learned to make music as lists <laughs> you know, lists of numbers. <laughs> uh yeah, and then moved on to Cubase on an Atari and things started obviously got a bit more visual, blah blah blah. But yeah, fast forward to now I've gone through I mean I stopped making music for a while in the late nineties, mid to late nineties. I just didn't have the money to buy the kit, if I'm honest with you. It was only when reason came around someone tipped me off and said you can make music just on a on a pc you don't need anything else and i was just like what and i've been a bit detached from music making and just been running around djing and earning a bit of money that way uh not as a name just a, a local guy playing clubs but yeah when reason came out you know that was i borrowed i didn't even have a computer my friend lent me a beat up old pc like crt monitor and one of those kind of pc sort of looks a bit like a an eight track digital recorder with the screen <laughs> sat on top, with mm-hmm. a big chunky yeah. keyboard. But it ran Reason and I could make tracks start to finish on it and they sounded convincing you know that's what got me signed to to so uh eventually Mm. uh, going going through using reason for a few years you know so yeah you know reason's still a part of it because this is the thing this is going to be tricky for me because yes i can't survive without reason and reason exists now as a plugin that i use within ableton so i don't know how we're going to do this so Mm. let's get to your question but so it will be (laughs) it will be a a maxed out macbook pro um and it will it will be Ableton.
1: Going for a laptop.
2: Yeah, a laptop. Definitely a laptop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely a laptop. And Ableton. But I I am gonna need reason and I guess that counts now as maybe something we'll mention in a minute that's
1: going to come out one of your items later on well we'll talk about that later on yeah. so and what about your audio interface I mean sky's the limit here audio interfaces um, and, I'm a, I mean you must again you must have been a f- through a few of those
2: yeah I have uh, I have but I've landed on UAD Apollo and I love what they do I love what they're about I love the quality I know there's a lot of other exciting stuff around but um, I'm going to stick with with Apollo
1: okay so which Apollo is that uh it'll probably have to be an
2: eight wouldn't it i don't know i'm gonna need some some inputs later so <laughs> it's gonna have to be an eight okay an eight in and out we can an eight, an we Apollo can go eight. back
1: as things get complicated we so can. don't worry about All that right, but okay. um will has his finger on the
0: on the uh the air horn button if on the bundle buzzer yeah the bundle buzzer yeah but before we get into uh, the six items then um where on earth would you have the studio and what would the vibe be
2: oh jeez it's a hard one because I take inspiration from different places, you know, um, I mean, if it's somewhere I'm just going to be forever and that's where I write music, I mean, sometimes I want to yep, be somewhere yep. that's dead quiet and I've no one around, um, you know, sometimes I want to be in a space that's not cluttered, uh, that's not, that's very squeaky clean and feels like I come there to it, other times I want to be in a messy room and I want to be somewhere that's got a bit of something going on in the background, the there, because it's a vibe. Sometimes there's mm. cars going. This room I'm in now is a temporary room, actually. But um, and we'll come. Maybe we'll come back to the reason why in a minute. Because it's interesting that we're doing this. But anyway, um, this room is temporary, and often there's cars going by, and sometimes it'll uh, you'll you'll hear the cars, you know, and stuff. So sometimes that's cool with me, you know. It's a vibe. It's it's. I, I live in in Cambridge in the UK. Um, you know, it's I'm li- I live fairly close to town. So it's vibrant, there's things going on, there's you know, students everywhere and people from all over the world that come to Cambridge. So it's an interesting place to be. But there are times where I love the thought of um, going to like a lake in the middle of Canada, which is like, I've been to before actually, and it's about a six hour road trip from Montreal It's in, oh man, what's it called? Muskoka, Muskoka or or Muskoka. And literally Mm -hmm. for the last two hours of the drive, you see no one, nothing, hardly any cars. And then you go down a private road for about three miles and you end up at a lake and it's just, the lake's like a piece of glass and it's like the most beautiful place. Uh, There might be one plane goes over a week or something, but you don't (laughs) hear anything, you don't see anything. Um, You know, sometimes that kind of vibe is what you need for what you're doing musically as well. So it's very difficult to, to choose, but I am someone, if we come back to the basics here for me, that likes to be around uh somewhere where i can order a, a delivery or or uh, get, get to a get to a pub or like whatever so we'll, yeah.
1: we'll 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 have to say you don't have to go out into the canadian wilderness with a crossbow and hunt your dinner
2: literally that's, that's how that place was <laughs> um yeah so i'm gonna stick with uh, a, a city or at least a big town yeah
1: yeah but where let's, let's oh, but say where? anywhere in the world where would you oh, put well, your studio
2: amsterdam i think amsterdam we nearly moved to amsterdam a few years ago yeah i absolutely love holland i've always had you know a great reception there i played there loads over the years uh we almost when my missus and i got together a few years ago we almost went and lived there for a little while uh but life just got a bit too crazy but um yeah i love amsterdam if amsterdam was as far away as, as the moon i would still love it the same do you know what i mean it's just one yeah, of those it's so one cool of those that. places yeah
1: and a, and a place again where you get that kind of, even though it's it's you know a bustling, very bustling city, it's sort of quite tranquil in places by the, because of all the canals and stuff. You get yeah. that kind of, and the parks, you get that kind of mellowness there. The
2: yeah, parks yeah. and um, just the people. I love Dutch people, and um, yeah, there's 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 just a feeling. There's a feeling there. You know, there's a lot of different feelings in that city, but um, like all good, you know. But it's um, yeah, definitely Amsterdam if you're asking me for a city, yeah.
1: So we're thinking, what, a townhouse in Amsterdam Like a canal? Yeah, a
2: townhouse. A definitely studio at, at home. Yeah. You know, I've had studios away from my house before, but I love having a studio at home now. I can just stroll in when I want. So, yeah.
1: Nice. Okay. We've got that locked in, Will. Yeah, we got it. Good choice. Okay.
2: Nothing illegal in there. That's all allowed, yeah? Well,
1: everything's legal in Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it does. Just- <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the the illegal bonus Amsterdam li- items later. Uh, <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's talk about your your first uh, out of your six items for the studio. I mean, so so far in the studio in Amsterdam, you've got your, your Universal Audio interface, you've got Ableton, and you've got your maxed out MacBook. Um, so what's the first item going to be?
2: Well, I'm going to need something that's going to be a controller keyboard, obviously, but because I'm limited on items here, I want that keyboard to be a synth as well. So mm-hmm. I'm looking He's around the it, room well. here mm-hmm. and wondering what I would use that's here. And I, I actually, I'm not, I'm not sure I would use any of these synths as a controller. What I would probably do, because I'm a fan of um, the Peak Novation Peak, is probably get the Summit. And mm. then I've got a peak and a controlled keyboard in in one. yeah, that's yeah. a
1: popular choice that one uh, more popular than we ever
2: thought actually on the podcast. it's a good it's a good choice. They've just done such a great job with the peak. I've not actually had my hands on the summit, believe it or not all that kind of happened during lockdown um, and I just haven't seen even seen one in the flesh I don't think but I've got a peak um, and I love it. I just think it for a new piece of kit they've just done such a great job. Of it and it just kind of does everything you want. Is it like a flagship model of that summit? Is it sixteen?
0: There's just one. There's just the summit. That is the one. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the yeah, flagship. Yeah. Okay. What are you using it for then?
2: What am I using it for? Mm. Um some of the arpeggios, some of the wavetable stuff is interesting. I don't dive deep into wavetable personally but um wow. i i love i normally build from from presets I normally head to a preset and then build from there unless it's mm. normal subtractive sort of synthesis I'll build from nothing but with with um with the peak yeah, I love that about it not don't really use the onboard effects, but occasionally they're they're useful but the arpeggios and stuff are interesting on there um the filter's pretty mad. Yeah, I just like it. It just feels like solid. It feels like solid you can go there and get something exciting out of it, you know?
1: As, as a side question to that, as we, we just saw you for those listening, uh, obviously don't have the privilege of seeing you on Zoom like we do, but um, looking around the room there, I've got a decent amount of synths and kit. Um, if you could only take one of them out in some kind of awful end-of-the-world situation where you could rescue one,
2: which one would you take out of your studio and why? Well... I'm sure it wouldn't be worth anything if it was end of the world anyway. But I'll <laughs> you. I wasn't talking ju-
1: to sell, but like as any uh, well, I mean for any other, it could be for worse stuff. Or I mean, you could trade it for for tins of beans maybe in the zombie apocalypse.
2: <laughs> yeah, you never know. Well, yeah. the automatic one to, to, is Jupiter Eight, but I don't think I'll be able to carry it very far. To be honest with you, <laughs> um, could be a downfall. <laughs> yeah no it would probably be that i mean i love this little dominion one synth. i've got really into that the last sort of three years it's an mfb that they, they don't make yeah. anymore but it's it's fairly mm. recent and i actually love that i think that's such an amazing synth. but yeah it just w- i just would run to the jupiter 8 probably and just run as far as i could probably to the end of the garden <laughs> the end of the driveway <laughs> And, regret it.
1: and then zombies just pile on top of you to a soundtrack <laughs> yeah. of beautiful Jupiter pads as they trample yeah. all over it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when did, when did you get that Jupiter though? Because you've had that for a while, right? I think I think you had it last time I saw you.
2: Yeah, I, I got it um, end of 2013, possibly. Yeah, or end of 2014. They're not, they're not that easy to find, still, are they? No, I was very fortunate. I mean, there's a guy called um, Tim chapman who sources a lot of higher end sort of stuff or very high quality stuff i should say as in um the condition and and everything else and if anything needs restoring on there he gets that done and uh, he knew that i was in the market for one and um yeah he's sourced several bits for me over the years and he sourced that for me and in fact it it was in i knew it was going to be a bit of a wait so i bought a jupiter six in the meantime which i know is not a jupiter eight but i thought okay i'm gonna have one of those for a bit and i got an mks80 which is everyone says oh it's the rack mount jupiter 8. It's, it's nothing like it it's more it's more like the six than the eight anyway but yeah i ended up keeping the The plan was to sell the six when the eight turned up um because i treat my studio as a bit of a pool of gear you know i don't if there's something i want I, the thing i'm using the least depending what that is I normally move that on and then get in something new because I just it could just go on forever you know I did have a period of time when I first moved from Portsmouth to Cambridge where I had so much gear it was ridiculous and then when we did when we renovated this house I put everything in storage and I thought well now's the time to sell it because when you get it all out again to set it back Mm -hmm. up you're not going to move it on so while it was in storage they're the bits that i knew i just needed to go i i, I got rid and it worked you know i think if they, if i plugged them back in here i wouldn't have wouldn't have got rid but yeah it's um tim's wicked he's saw several bits for me over, over the years expander and all those kind of bits but yeah the jupiter 8 was the first thing i bought from him and it's it's still in that condition in fact alex ball who does a lot of online videos mm. he's got a channel on youtube yeah uh, very entertaining guy. He, uh, I lent my Jupiter 8 to him, so you can actually see it in the Jupiter 8 video that he did. And it's... Um, Lovely. Yeah, it's the first time it's kind of been out the rack and sort of exposed in daylight for a while, and him and Tim were kind of drooling over it a bit because of the condition of it. So I'm very fortunate to have one full stop, but one that's in this sort of condition I've got is... Uh,
1: yeah. Because I remember at one point you had, like, didn't you have an 808 and a 909, like the originals as well, and 303? Still got all of that up
2: there, yeah. I mean, the the guy I went to buy the 808 off, this was Dave Spoon Day. So this was about 2006, five or six. And I went to North London to buy this 808 and he came in the room with a 909 as well. He said, I don't suppose you want to buy one of these as well. And I was like, I'm just you know i'd i'd had one years ago and i sound i sound t- terribly arrogant saying this but i was kind of over it and i was like no nah, i'm <laughs> not really in the market for you know i've had one i'm not really bothered and also my music at that time just didn't really feature those sounds which feels yeah. really weird to say now but uh he said oh i'll i'll do both for 1200 quid for you like and I, do, I was already I was already Whoa. gonna pay uh well it was eight eight hundred and fifty or something for the 808 anyway so for me I was gonna get a yeah. nine hundred nine as well for three hundred fifty quid.
1: Yeah, I, I think a lot of people listening will have just been sick at this point. Yeah, <laughs> that is a great deal.
2: Yeah, it's unreal, isn't it? So they both needed a little bit of cosmetic work, which dear old Jeff did for me. Hello, Jeff, if you're listening, and uh, custom synth. And uh, yeah, they're still there and they still get used all the time. Wicked. So, we've
1: got that summit locked in. (laughs) The Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast
0: is supported by Evo by Audience and the Evo 16 audio interface. The Evo 16 is packed with eight award winning Evo preamps alongside Audience Advanced Converter technology which will make recording even easier and better sounding.
1: That's right, featuring their signature smart gain level technology, a groundbreaking motion UI control system, and all the ins and outs for even your biggest
0: sessions, the EVO 16 is a powerhouse interface. I've got to say, I'm a huge fan of that smart gain feature. And with eight inputs, you can perfectly set levels for a full drum kit in seconds. And with intelligent features like this and powerful, easy to use design, EVO 16 is a new way of doing things for music makers, home recording enthusiasts, and producers looking to up their interface game. The EVO 16 interface is suggested to retail at £399,
1: €469, Euros, and $499 in the USA. Discover EVO online at evo.audio. Now it's time for item number two
2: oh well you just talked about the 909 i mean it's it's so the way i start making music now is is i start jamming everything's synced up in here so i program the 909 as if it's standalone and it's everything synced up in the studio that's how i start my, a lot of my, my tracks now i just jam on the drum machines i record everything in separately and the 909 is normally the start point even if i swap stuff out kick sort the kick drum out swap out you know, whatever, or or I might replace sometimes. I need If I need the toms to be a bit more accurately tuned, I I might use a plug-in of the 909 to do the toms instead of the real thing. Uh, Also, they're a bit noisy on mine. So when you're jamming, are
1: you jamming with the internal sequencers?
2: I don't know. I send MIDI from Ableton to a little sync box that starts all the
1: machines at the same time. So that makes it easier to replace stuff and that.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I've just got a little multi-clock box which sets all the sync boxes off up there and yeah i just i program as if i'm just doing everything internally and then drop it all into ableton and it's actually really good for helping you to commit to things early on rather than just you know jamming for like an hour and then going oh god what did i start with i can't remember now it sounded pretty good Mm. i normally record 16 to 32 bars of whatever i'm doing separate everything out and then use those as if they're remixed parts if you think about it like that
1: yeah or like a a sample pack or something like that yeah yeah
2: you just commit and obviously with analog sound everything's going to be different each time you hear a note Mm. so you know i get 32 bars capture that and then i i build the track that way so the 909 definitely definitely because it just it's a source of so much inspiration for a lot of people but definitely for me even though i come from a kind of jungle rave background which was more breakbeat led um i still find the way that that machine works just so unique you know it's so unique and it's um can't do without it
1: interesting point as well what you made about every note sounding different coming out of the machines because i think a lot of people forget that when they get like a 909 sample pack or an 808 or any drum machine sample pack that they've got like a one shot of a open hi-hat or a hat Mm. and don't understand why when they line those up You know, this is even excluding the sequencer and the cables and everything else that goes into it, but even just the way it Mm. fires out individual
2: sound. For me, you don't need loads of hardware to make music now. We all know that. But for me, it's just where I come from, and it gets me excited in studio. There's a unique sound to it, as we just said. Um, For me, if you're going to own any outboard kit, you want that character in the music. So why would you just capture one clap sound? I might as well capture one of each sound and then sell it. And then... Do you know what I mean? What's the point? (laughs) So that's why I do that. And I have been known to occasionally do a sample pack. And normally I'll do like, you know, a 16 bar pass of the clap sound or whatever, or snare rolls or whatever, because people don't, until you hear it like that and you put it in your music, um, you don't realise what you actually get. And I must also say one last thing is that sonically the 909 is pretty shit. And (laughs) the amount of processing you need to make it sound good you know eq and the the whole thing is it that's a an art in itself do you know what i mean to be able to get it to sound how it sounds on a lot of great records um it doesn't sound great on its own
1: yeah i think a lot of people forget that a lot of those machines were going through ssl desks and stuff back in the day when they were buying machines at home and sort of saying why doesn't it it sort of sounds like a record but not it doesn't sound as as good as that really simple pop record
2: exactly but yeah
0: what are those things that you're doing immediately when, you, when you're when you producing the
2: 909? Oh, EQ. Just take all the low end out. I mean, normally I don't really use the kick from it. I don't find it stands up to, how, you know, a lot of great recordings that are out there now. The kick drum is very hard to, to process. Isn't that one thing, sorry to interrupt, but isn't that one yeah. thing
1: that's the opposite of what we just said? that's like, With a kick, you don't want it to sound different every go. <laughs> right
2: yeah yeah it is kind of true actually i mean it depends what kind of record you're making there are tunes i've made where i have used it and because i want that that i just want that character but it just depends what you're after but normally i'm taking all the low and a tiny bit of low mid out boosting a lot of mid on the on the hi-hats and the claps and stuff um and and a little bit of bit of top end as well and then just saturation on drums generally do you know what i mean they're the first things that i go to you know there's a mm. there's a a standard sort of little group of plugins on my 909 input in Ableton and it just automatically is on there so I get that I get that start point that I like do you know what I mean other people might like it different so whatever mm. but you know that that's sort of my my start point but yeah it's it's taking out a lot of that low end you know keeping the character but taking out the low end boosting those kind of mid 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 highs on the high hats for sure normally with quite a spike not too much of a curve with more of a spike on it picking out frequency you know Uh, just gives it that feel cool
1: good tip so we've got that locked in well the 909 the 909 yeah very good so let's get on to item number three
2: it's hard man this (laughs) (laughs) you know sometimes um, I want something very basic I want something that doesn't do these outrageous things because i feel that music sometimes does need to be quite basic in some form or another all my most successful tracks have been very basic there's either been not a lot going on as in how many tracks you know it's been probably five drum tracks a bass line something else and a sample or whatever a vocal and that's it uh whereas you know i don't know sometimes i mean you can you can have as many tracks as you like in your in your sequencer anyway but that's just i find that that the simple things help me so Mm. over there i've got you can't see it but i've got a rack of like late 80s early 90s romplers um and Mm. so so sound modules basically um and it would have to be one of those but i'm just racking my brains trying to think so we're thinking are these things like the proteus
1: like jv 1080 well over there is
2: um there's an orbit emu orbit there's a tr rack um a k1r which is extremely sort of primitive sound wise but i love that um you know lfo made their first few records including lfo using that the lfo pad is on there um there's tg55 tg500 yeah there's a couple of other bits as well i'm gonna this is hard i'm probably gonna say i nearly said i've got a u220 there and that's kind of i love that but you can't edit any of the sounds you can't really manipulate anything it just is you know what it is on there
1: i think the last time i saw you had all of those hooked up to was it midi quest or one of those for edits on the ipad oh yeah i would have done back
2: then yeah yeah because yeah. now everyone's you know max for live is people are making their own editors for for these nice. things you can just drop and able to, which is wicked but yeah, I'm probably I was going to say the U220 because um close to my heart with the Prodigy experience album most of the strings, bleepy noises and pianos and everything are all on there and it's just nice sometimes to just play around with some other riffs using those sounds to get some ideas going. But so that's I think Roland, actually, is it?
1: the Roland U U220. Yeah. U220,
2: 20. U2 20, yeah. yeah. But I'm actually going to say TG55. Uh, a Yamaha TG55 is going to be my choice because you can edit. It's got that slightly primitive feel to it. The TG500 came a bit later and is a bit more shiny and sexy. But the TG55 was still a bit rough around the edges as far as I sort of regard it anyway. Um, And there's so many like early 90s kind of melodies, little hooks and little vibes and you know chords and things you can you can just immediately get from that machine it's got a rawness to it as well so i'm going to say yeah tg55
1: okay well just before we log that in let's have a think of upselling some dreams here can we upsell some dreams well upsell your dreams because wow <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so so far you've kind of been looking around your own studio but is there anything in that in that rack of 90s gear that you don't have i mean this is my forever studio you can go outside Mm. of your own room you know if you we can upsell to to something you don't have if you've something you've always wanted you can put it in the forever studio we're just trying to upsell dreams here but don't Mm. feel obliged
2: probably not probably not something that you would find rack mounted from the late 80s early 90s i don't think Cause i've got a system 100m here i mean does this have to go with the kit that i'm the the six or can it just be your this is a a little annex of this whole situation
1: well we're not letting you choose anything uh th- this will count towards your six if you choose some gear but mm. um we can mix it up and it doesn't have to make sense it can just be six of your favorite stuff you know
2: okay well i didn't know if i was going to choose the 100m for this or not but what i would love that i don't have is the sequencer that goes with that because they're bloody hard to get hold of now the original 100m i can't remember the module number now somebody out there will be screaming it i'm sure but it, it's the little gray uh system 100m sequencer module the original one so i think there's a remake around you know a clone of it uh but i would love one of those which one's the m185 by the looks of things That'd there you go right. wow he's he's, yeah. he's 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 on it he's like this dude on, that's on on pointless that sits at the desk and sort of <laughs> that's, what's that's his what's his name stato yeah or stato yeah 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 that's i, like
1: yeah. I was think of stato yeah <laughs> um, sorry
0: well, but will this this hasn't come up before but i mean system 100 is that a bundle that feels like a bundle it's, uh, look because uh, it's a known system we've allowed things like the big Moog system fifty five. Fifty five. Yeah. So I think yeah. this falls into that category of like people know what it well, is. Well you right?
2: can buy this as a you could buy it as a complete set, but you are uh, you know your rules better than me. But I was <laughs> I'm likely to put that in as one of my six. Okay. And if there's this, this extra thing that you've just mentioned to me, then then it'd probably be the sequence surf that goes with it.
1: Nothing none of this is extra. You can just have any gear you want. That's the whole point. But we're locking in what the TG fifty five as item Three item four,
0: as, as, that's the third one, yeah. So we're now that, that's third. third is TG55, and the fourth would be the Roland System 100M, yeah. Okay, right, yeah. okay, with the
1: sequencer. Okay,
2: well, if I'm yeah. allowed the sequencer that I don't own,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no,
1: you, yeah, you're allowed anything, can, you're you, don't allowed anything that you don't own, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's
2: all right. Then that's all right, you can have whatever you
1: want. So th- dream big, mm. you know, but if you want to revisit
0: now, you know, this, this new angle.
2: No, no, no. We're good. We're good. We're okay. good. We're good. So, I'm,
0: I'm worried though because we don't. Again, we don't have speakers yet.
2: Oh, I was going to try and get to the end without no, him realizing no, that well. We, <laughs> I've already realized that. I'm like, when, this, <laughs> when you said about the initial three, I was thinking, hang on, that's got to be speakers, surely, as well. But anyway,
1: <laughs> no. I, but I just. Oh, I really wanted a studio with a system 100m, a Jupiter A, a 909, and no way of hearing any of it. <laughs> That would have been a cruel, a cruel end to the season. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So item number five, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's out there. You're going to need some speakers or some headphones, but uh, separate items, obviously.
2: Well, I've got the Key Threes monitors in my yeah. studio. Okay. So go. yeah, those have got to come with me. I'm afraid. Do you want to go for the mega ones? No i'm quite happy i haven't heard or used the bxts so i just want what i've got here because i know it so well okay um, they are
1: the keys uh popular choice though um oh, can yeah. i ask uh was it the same way that everybody bought these they were demoed them and then we're like okay
2: yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah literally uh we were about to start renovating this house when we lived on our old house and someone came to me and said oh do you want to hear these speakers they're incredible we'll bring them down to you and I said well look you can bring them down but I'm not but I'm not in the market for speakers we're just about to drop god knows how much on renovating a house and then uh, these things turned up and I said well these aren't leaving the room now so what are you going to do so uh, literally I've this... got the de- I've got the demo pair because I wouldn't even let him leave we had to get on the phone and make a call to say can you have these and we'll get get a new demo pair sent out
1: we're, we're laughing so much because we've heard this story a few times on the podcast that's why we knew the exact thing that's happened i mean yeah it's like selling drugs with those speakers people the first one's free we'll come around let you have a free go on them and then that's it crazy well, you know what
2: They they sound incredible in the room but the thing was for me because i'd had ns10s before with some focal what did i have the six bs six Bs twins yeah yeah i had those and i loved those but i needed to reference a lot with these didn't need to reference like wherever i played the music instantly it sounded exactly how it should be and mm. one of the first things i did was remixed a classic sl2 um djs take control on these speakers with all the original parts and everything it was a dream to do and sent off uh because it was going to vinyl as well sent off um the pre-masters and then two three weeks later the test pressings came back and i put it on in the studio through the the same speakers i made it on and it was like nuts it was incredible it was such a great sound and i just fell in love with them since then i've got to be honest this temporary room that i'm in now they're pretty well i know it's not them that's terrible the room is terrible this room is perfect square and it's te- it's mm. bad for making full four music so as soon as i'm in the new spot they'll come into their own again but um yeah, I have to work on them quietly in this room. But um, but there, I, I just, you know, maybe one day that will happen again. Someone will ring me up and say, I've got these speakers, you need to hear them. But yeah. I have heard <laughs> two, three other lots of speakers. I'm not going to name any names right now, but they've not convinced me still. Maybe I'm yeah. too used to these now, but they really deliver.
1: It's kind of what happened with the Focals, though. They became a trend for everybody for a while, yeah. the 6B, uh, the Twins. Um, yeah. And there was a time when they... Um event opals as well were kind of popular with a lot of people barefoot's. um well barefoot's yeah, still are, yeah Barefoots really, as yeah. well yeah mm-hmm. especially yeah, yeah. with the us but yeah yeah you sort of you do have these trends so it takes a lot for a speaker brand to come through and go no these are the ones yeah yeah especially mm. when you're dealing you know brands like focal and event that have been doing it a long time it's uh yeah yeah they sort of came out of nowhere this key audio i hadn't really heard of them and then well they, they were hi-fi up, speakers really and-, and then yeah
2: then they got put in a studio environment and it was like, oh, wow, these are like game changer. And it yeah. just went from there. So they're real, really lovely guys, lovely company as well. Nice people.
1: Well, let's lock those in. Item number five. So wow. we're on so to we're going final... we
2: to a, we're the final item already. Jeez. Yeah, final yeah.
1: item. And then we'll do a quick run through for you.
2: Oh, jeez. Well, I'm looking around here again. I'm looking around here again because... It's one of those things where i'm very fortunate to have been able to get most of the bits that i always kind of wanted even if i don't own it anymore sometimes i've bought something and it's i feel a bit let down by it and i've let it go (laughs) but it's it's a bit of a a fight between the expander oberheim expander or deckard's dream which i've got i've got My expander's currently in repair because the power supply keeps going on it, so I don't know if that's a good sign or not. But the Deckard's Dream, Mm. I've really become quite attached to. I'm not a big Vangelis sort of guy.
1: (laughs) I'm not even... I've never... We've got to be able to upsell some dreams there. Come on. Well, press the button.
0: Upsell your dreams.
1: (laughs) Surely you just want a
2: a CS80? No, I don't think I do. (laughs) (laughs) What? No, I don't think I do. If I was just... If I was just a crazy guy with loads of money and I know I can have <laughs> you anything are. here. This is yeah, the yeah. whole point. And you are this, a crazy guy with like, You've got all the studio. money in the world. Uh, I like... It's the forever studio. I like Deckard's Dream. There's there's different reasons. One one is I've never touched a CS80 or a CS anything. Right? So I don't mm. have an expectation of what okay. I need a Deckard's Dream t- to be. For me, it's its own thing and i and i sort of love it okay as it is the other thing i love about it which you can't do with CSAT, is the patch editing software which you can get uh which is like a little a little plug-in that you drop into ableton and mm. that's got a random randomizer button on it To and in fact you can choose which parameters you want to randomize you can do the whole lot or just some or whatever and I absolutely love it. I love it. I've got another project called PolyMod, and I've been using it for some of that stuff, and it's just, it's incredible. I love it. There's things that you can do with this that you can't do with an actual CSAT, and I know CSAT is the big dream for a lot of people, but I just, um, I love this. I love that it's kind of small. I love the fact that it's not going to need servicing, and it hasn't got. You know, cables inside that you can go around the M twenty five fifty times with. <laughs> I love, I love all of that. I love that I can just plonk a USB in and it's like it's fully, you know, fully working and compatible with everything. It's just, it's just great. So I'm going to say the Deckard's dream. I'm not going to say a CSAT. I'm going to be controversial. I, I, I only really want to include things that I've had or used really before. I just don't fair enough s- think. I think a CS80 might sit there just looking like a CS80. Like, wow. Uh, and I don't know if I would use it. <laughs> I don't know if I would Fair use enough. it. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, all right.
1: Let's lock in lock in the Deckard's Dream. And then, Will, do you want to do us a little rundown of this of this Forever
0: Studio uh, before we get to the fight? Sorry.
2: Deckard's Dream Mark 2. It's Mark 2. It's important Mark that it's the Mark okay. 2. Come on.
0: Okay. Um, I do have one other concern before we get there is that we've mentioned something earlier that you do not have in your list and it's software.
1: Yeah. No reason.
2: Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, no. Hang on. (laughs) Yeah, something's got to go here. So Reason is, um, as I was saying earlier, it really, I mean, it got me back into music making, late 90s, very late 90s, I think. And, um, you know, although I use Ableton, well, I used to use um, Logic, so I would rewire uh, Reason to Logic. Mm. And all my drums in the box would go in Reason and sampling and all sorts of other stuff but now it's uh, the Reason rack comes up as a as a plug-in so I'm using it like that can I do without it I think i would be doing huge disservice to propeller head and myself although they're, though they're not technically called propeller heads anymore if I, if, I, if I didn't have that what am I gonna swap i've got to swap something now
1: yeah yeah which is sort of worse than oh, not man. picking that because now <laughs> something's got to go that you had your heart set on he's looking at the deckard's dream
2: i am <laughs> i could see you staring <laughs> down at it at, i'm looking at the system 100 oh really Or the tg yeah yeah do you know what the t- the the, the oh is it tg or not
1: tg or not TG. That yeah. is the question.
2: <laughs> I, I'm going to drop. I'm going to drop the system 100m for a reason.
1: Wow. Okay. okay.
2: That is that is that's bold. I like that. Do you know why? Because I'm not. I'm not a mega modular guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I can fart around with it all day. Fine, but unless it unless it does something exciting for me in the first five minutes, ten minutes, I want. I want to come into the room and be excited and be making a, a, a track. I don't want to come in and just bleep around, plug things in. Oh, that cable's not long enough. Oh, um, you know, and find mm-hmm. people that do all good, but like it's not really how my brain goes. So there's some monosynth type stuff that you can do on that that I could do on either the Decar's Dream or, or Jupiter Eight. Anyway, so
1: so that uh, system 100 essentially was going, was going to be set, going to be doing exactly what you said the CS80 would be doing, which is just sitting there looking like system
2: 100 so looking pretty with wires yeah with wires <laughs> yeah. no look i would use that way more than i would use a cs80 like for sure okay i, I love Fair. it i do love it but i would i can't not have reason and i want and i'm not swapping tg55 because it brings sonically brings something completely different it brings different ideas it brings um yeah it brings something that inspires me musically you know so
1: excellent all right then will run us down what we're doing the shadow child my forever studio let's have a listen
0: we're in a townhouse with a home studio in amsterdam overlooking a canal and near a park your computer is a maxed out macbook pro your interface is a universal audio x8p your daw is ableton live 11 suite and for your six items your first synth is the novation summit Your drum machine, second item, a Roland TR-909. For your very particular sounds, the Yamaha TG-55. Then for your one piece of software, you've gone for Reason. For monitoring, you're using the Key 3 monitors. And your final choice, item number six, is the Black Corporation Deckard's Dream Mark II. How does that work? Sounds
1: pretty good, actually.
2: It does. Did we lose the Jupiter in there somewhere? I it was that. Not. I think because we talked about it in depth there. I thought it was in, but it's not, is it? That wasn't there. That that was just that yeah. was just
1: my question about something you'd save from the room in the zombie apocalypse.
2: Oh uh, man, so threw me you there off.
0: Now. Yeah. Sorry. Well, do you want to switch it out? Do you want to do a last-minute switch-up?
1: <laughs> man. <laughs> I love how serious this podcast gets with people. <laughs> oh,
2: so,
1: the Solwax one was my well, favourite for how seriously they took it.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I need to listen to that. I haven't heard that one yet. You'd love the Solwax one where they get really
1: argumentative about what they
2: have. Do you know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to swap the Summit for the Jupiter 8. Ooh. And use Jupyter 8 as a controller keyboard. It, it ha- if it's my one, it's got the Encore MIDI on it, so... I could just...
1: Oh, is that a velocity sensitivity and everything like that on it as well?
2: I don't know if it does. I don't use it that way around. So, I don't know if it does velocity, but we'll we'll pretend that it will do the job. (laughs) Sorry, Mr. Encore.
1: Figure that out when you come to it. If not, you're going to have to do a lot of post-programming. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Summit. Uh, Who needs velocity in dance music anyway? It's fine. Yeah. 127. Bang. Bang it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) So... That locks in your forever studio. Now we talk about a luxury item for the studio to wrap things up. So is there anything that you've always had in the studio over the years that isn't a, be- a piece of gear that's always been in the studio? Or is there something that you'd always love in the studio? Sky's the limit thinking. Feel free to get ridiculous as well.
2: I'm trying to think of something that... I mean, this is the thing. I could Can I, Can I, say... Can I say the record collection, <laughs> which isn't that big anymore? Or is that... Is that... Mm many
1: luxury items I think that's allowed it's not really a bundle for music making is it no I think it's
0: allowed
2: I think it's allowed yeah. but the thing is I would need a turntable as well wouldn't I And um... mm.
1: yeah you don't have one of those you'd have to use a needle and a bit of paper oh. th- <laughs>
2: spin yeah, it on your one finger one of those one of those uh, camper vans that goes around yeah <laughs> um, because I find that my record collection even though it's very small compared to what it used to be before we moved I got rid of like 80% of it um Having that that music around that inspire, has inspired me over the years so much, not just new music but old music. It it just sits in the room with me and it feels like it's part of, feels like it's part of it. So if it means I have to go without a turntable though, that's a shame. But at least it feels like the music is here with me.
1: Well, let's uh, let's talk about quickly be- before we go. Um, mm. How was it like slimming eighty percent of your record collection down? How, what what made the twenty percent and why? Oh,
2: it was a bit like your podcast here, isn't it? It's the same kind of thing, really. Apart <laughs> yeah. from I didn't do it on a podcast. <laughs> uh It was difficult. I just thought, do you know what? I'm not moving. You've probably heard this from time to time again from lots of DJs. I'm not moving all of that again sort of yeah. thing. And I was moving up to Cambridge from the South Coast. And I just thought, you know, this is the moment to kind of move a lot of this stuff on. So I've kept stuff that it has, I have a real attachment to, like a real memory of specific things, either a time that I played it or a time that I first heard it or it's in, it, or maybe it's something that inspired me to write a certain record that I've made myself or I don't know I've kind of kept those I've also bought a lot of stuff that I didn't have since I've moved here so probably you know another 200 records have come from Discogs and whatever things I that I didn't own because I got into this i was very young and i I had a lot of rave tapes but i didn't know what a lot of the tracks were on those tapes sort of 1990 1991 i was i was only 14 you know so it's not like now where you can just shazam it and everything's there even the most underground music is there It, it was real like you just didn't know what a lot of this music was so over the years i've obviously discovered what those tracks were and had to buy them they're a part of my story so so yeah, there's stuff that's been added to as well.
1: Did you keep records that just that were sentimental, then, or was there stuff you kept because of rarity, or or were you kind of unscrupulous, just getting rid of? Didn't didn't care a if they were rare. A few
2: bits as... that are rare, but they're, they're they're mostly attached to memories for me. They're attached to things. Occasionally, I might play them. Sometimes I'm not a big fan of doing uh, live stream DJ sets. I did a few in lockdown, and I got asked to guests on other people's and whatever that's fine but um yeah i have played for the novelty on a live stream it's a bit boring looking at someone pressing buttons on a cdj so i always tend to play vinyl so yeah a lot of the what i've got left has been played quite a bit in the last two two and a half years but um but yeah it's all attached to memories really for me um i think that's what music should be you know, I've got Spotify like most people have, but my my playlists are memories. They're not, oh, the Stones or whatever. They're like the youth club jukebox from when I was like 12. Yeah, I, just yeah, mi- yeah. I remember all the tracks that were on the youth club jukebox, you know, actual records as well on there. You know, I remember that and I've just put that place together. I, I, I used to love the ITV chart show as well on a Saturday morning. I used to love that religiously, especially when the dance chart came on, sort of 91. It was just amazing. I learned so much as a 14-year-old from that. So there's a playlist of ITV chart show. <laughs> That's how I do things by memory now. It's important to me because that really is what music is, isn't it? You know, it's um, it's attached to something and uh, it's the same with these with these records.
1: Awesome. Well, Will, let's lock in the records as the luxury item. And that locked.
2: concludes
1: the Shadow Child, My Forever Studio. Thank you so much. Woo! Thank you. Thank you. Well, well. Big thanks again to Simon, slash Dave Spoon, slash Shadow Child. Um, great show. Uh, interesting that he didn't go too
0: big. We, mm. I think we tried the upsell upselling of dreams very hard on this show, Will, and it didn't work out for us. We really did. No, and I should say as well. Later this year, marks ten years of Shadow Child. Can you believe it, Chris?
1: Ten years, jeez, yeah.
0: But he'll always be Dave Spoon to me. <laughs> Well say so that just alias kidding, kidding. <laughs> That alias has been going for ten years and so to celebrate he'll be doing live sets and he'll be releasing more records, so keep an eye out for that. But Chris, I'm very sorry to say that this is the final episode of season four. Season four done. Bonk. Bonk on the head. <laughs>
1: bonk. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Nobody ever expects a bonk, Will. <laughs> what they're there for yeah that's amazing though 50 episodes that's 51 that was our 51st yeah wow and I would like to say at this point thank you so much to anybody that tunes in especially our regular listeners and
0: of course our amazing sponsor Evo by Audient for their continued support of the podcast
1: yes and please do email editors at musictech.com send us your suggestions for guests for season 5 let us know your favourite episodes uh, who you want to see on the show in the future any rule changes that you want us to mix it up uh,
0: i'll run those by will obviously how do you feel about some rule changes will for season five look i'm feeling pretty flexible about it i think we've become more flexible this season i think than in any other season and it's it almost feels like the rules don't matter that much and i can't believe i'm saying that that's
1: why i think we should tighten it up next season <laughs> tighten up the rules next season let's do it I want more rules. More, more yeah. rules. What do you have in mind? Uh, you can't choose a piece of gear
0: unless you know the full model number. <laughs> that's actually really good. I, I'm, I'm, kind of for that. <laughs> I know you love model numbers, Chris. So that's going to be perfect for you. I hate them. That's why. I'm, that's why
1: this is. This is my way of getting. Companies to change that. It's my one-man war against the TTC five six two three X L speakers, and they can just start calling them the, you know, I don't
0: know, the Adam Erics. <laughs> Adam Erics. <laughs> it's a shame, actually, that Adam haven't named each of their speakers with a surname, like yeah. or something equally biblical. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, I do like the fact that the people that left Adam created Eve Audio. That's cool, isn't it? Are there any other companies that we could create rival companies for, Will?
0: Ooh. Closely related in name, you mean. Yeah. That's probably just one for for us down the pub when you get here. (laughs) Ah, yeah, so speaking of which, this will be our last season where I'll have to phone in from Singapore. I am moving to the UK. I'll be recording these maybe even live and in person next season so
1: hopefully we can do some more live and in person so uh as as i'm sure everybody knew season one done live and in person season two pandemic times uh season three pandemic times season four not so much pandemic times but will is in singapore and we figured out a way of doing it remotely but back in the uk hopefully we'll be able to uh crush
0: out some more vibey in-person ones which uh yeah make fun interaction with the guests indeed indeed okay well i guess that leaves us with only one thing to say and that is what chris
1: join us next time next season for more
2: adventures in the studio foreverdom goodbye Bye bye